smack my mic over. What'd you do? Hit your, hit, smack yourself in the just, nose? <laughs> just put, after we clapped, I just gave my mic a good hit. And <laughs> it needed to straighten up. Oh, man. Dude, it wouldn't have been a show uh, the other night if I didn't hit my mic, and I straight up just smacked my oh, mic. Yeah, smacked with, it with the vinyl, right? With, yeah, with a Judas Priest album. Just <laughs> take that. Everything needs a hit by a Judas Priest album, though. You know it, that's dude. Like the, that's like a rite of passage. You know it. Living after midnight. All right. That's enough of that. That's <laughs> no, good. That's exactly what... That's exa- if we didn't have that, I don't know what we would have as a podcast. No. It, I, I don't know what the world would have. It would be <laughs> an empty, soulless place. Tell me about it. Yeah, right, man. Well, dude, I... Um, so you shared a story on your show that was um, incredible. And I encourage people that if they haven't listened to it yet, that they go back to, I think it's the corn episode. What is it? Corny nuggets or something like that? I don't know. Corny nuggets. No. <laughs> it's not corny nuggets. Wow. But wow. it's corn something. What an amazing business partner you are, Ryan. Uh, well, no, hey, I, I just listen to it. I don't yeah, it. I just, dude, it's just background <laughs> noise for me. Uh, it, corny ghosts. Corny ghosts. Yes. I was close. Yeah, because we, we spend uh, a little bit of time talking about we talked a lot uh well i mean it's gonna be two episodes back so it would have been episode uh 27 yeah, um right. <clears throat> excuse me uh we spent some time talking about corn's new album which is uh fantastic uh even if you don't like corn i think a lot of people would would like it uh and dude, then, that was a that was a that was a trip down memory lane for me I can yeah tell right you that. nice dude uh and then uh we spent some time talking about ghost uh which is mm. an which mm-hmm. is an interesting band yeah, you and I had talked about that at mm-hmm. length <laughs> yeah. for one night. But um, there was something, there was a few things in that episode that, that uh, I was cracking up about. One was your story about going and getting this NES classic uh, that, uh, that you do have, but you ordered mm-hmm. it from Amazon. So. I do have but, one, um, yes. Dude, I, in the same week, I got to have my own kerfuffle with <laughs> JCPenney. In the mattress of doom. Over a mattress. All right. What what happened with this mattress? So we had gotten a mattress when my wife and I first got married a few years ago. Um, We had gotten this mattress. I think it was a gift from her mom. Like we paid for it. uh, And then, um, or we were paying for it. Like we were making, like, you know, we bought it on a JCPenney credit card. We... We're making like the first two months of payments and all of a sudden like the bed was was paid off by by her mom. She was like the happy, you know, happy wedding. Oh, yeah. yeah, Okay. All right. Good wedding. I was like, oh, dude, that is so rad. Yeah. So we. (laughs) Right. Uh, Very unexpected. Awesome gift. It was great. Um, So that's been that's been with us. We've moved that bed a few times now. Um, Our last dog, Stella, uh, was at the end of her life was was very, very sick. And, um, so after, you know, we had to put her down and everything, but, um, we, she was very sick. And so she had an accident in the bed. Um, and so we got it steamed, we got it cleaned. It was fine. Um, our new current shut up dog, uh, Piper doesn't apparently still picked up on some of the, the Stella that was still in the bed. Oh yeah, dude, you're not going to get all that out. Does it no? decided to go ahead and make sure that that she was made known inside the bed and i oh. swear to um, she's gonna dude. pee she's gonna pee on her pee 
do, but she didn't even do that. Like her, like Stella's was at the end of the foot of the bed. No one was even sleeping on the thing. Yeah. This dog comes Ugh. up and just, just takes a, a, a wild piss oh, brother. <laughs> on my side of the bed, only on my side of the bed. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, according to my wife, my wife was like, "Oh, perfect, it's right there." Perfect. Yeah, right. as long as as long as Lauren is 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 dry, <laughs> like, and so for N- a, nice and tight and dry, toasty warm on her side of the bed, and yours is like full of dog pee, just <laughs> maddening. So I called JC, and we had the warranty, and it was they they uh, they cover that kind of stuff, which is awesome. And so I call them up, and I'm like, "Hey, this is what's going on." They're like, "Well, we don't carry your mattress anymore." Shocker, right? So they can't send me another mattress. So I have to go and buy another mattress. And then when they pick mine up, they'll give me my money back kind of thing. Oh, which okay. is all right. You know, it is what it is. Okay. This was, um, let's say, let's put this a week before the delivery. So about a week before the delivery, I get a delivery notice. We tell them, hey, great. We will see you on that day. They said, great. Well, on a Monday. I said, perfect. We'll see you on that Monday. We'll deliver the mattress. Perfect. They call us right back. Sorry, Monday's no good. We can do it Tuesday, but we have to do it at like 10, 10 o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, I, you know, I'm at work. <laughs> I don't know if you work. You clearly do because you're at work right now. Like I also have to work and you can't tell me like two days in advance that I have to be home at 10 a.m. Like that's not going to happen. So I tell them no thanks. Like I don't want to, no. I just, can we push it out for later? Oh, I don't know if we can push it out for later. Well, you're looking at the thing right in front of you, and she's just giving me sass. And there's nothing more frustrating than, than sass. trying to work with somebody, and they're just giving you sass the entire time. Yeah. So, ugh, just being anyway. sassy. It's just, well, I don't know if we can do that, sir. Oh, <laughs> Doing that kind of crap. And I'm like, you know what, lady? I don't have the patience to deal with this. Call me. Let me, let me talk to somebody else because I can't talk to you anymore. Let me, let me get a hold of your supervisor. She goes, okay, fine. And I hang up the phone. She calls back within 30 seconds going, okay, we can deliver at 730 at night. Oh, brother. Like, All right, cool. Now we agree on something. Cool. I'm up till 11 o'clock on Tuesday night. Oh, what? Trying to figure out where my mattress is. No one can tell me where my mat. No one. No one knows where my mattress is. So <laughs> I'm up till 11 o'clock trying to figure this mess out. No one can tell me where anything is. I like what are you, what do you do as a delivery company? Like how is how is deliver and this is war this is like delivery company like rule they're not responsible for your stuff. No, I don't know if you know that. No, well, I you know we had we had something similar happen to not not to uh uh butt into your story, but we had something similar happen uh to us when we attempted to uh, get new appliances through uh, Best Buy, and I'm, we're not. Yeah. I'm not going into this tonight, um, <laughs> unless unless our listeners want to hear me just get livid. Uh, <laughs> uh, I have to we, get a beep sound, and it'll just like just run through. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> the the one the one the one episode of Reasonable Fanboys that is highly highly explicit. <laughs> I have to put like four tags on it, right? Uh, you know, they, they pulled something very similar with us. And essentially what happens, dude, is, you know, like uh, you you buy the mattress through JCPenney and then they yeah. use a third party delivery mm-hmm. company is. Yeah. And, yeah. They, and they and they don't talk to each other. They don't they don't engage in in conversation uh, with nope. each other. Yeah, they sure don't, because I found that out on Wednesday. 
when I'm calling them on Wednesday. I've, I've, I called, um, I had the delivery company's number and I had the JCPenney customer support number and I'm just flopping back and forth between the two trying to figure out what's going on. So I, I get a hold of them on Wednesday. I get a hold of the delivery company on Wednesday and they said, oh, well, you canceled your delivery. We have a note here that says you canceled it. Yeah. I was like, that, oh, okay. That, like That happened to us too. Like, who'd you talk to? Oh, we, we got a note from the, from our delivery headquarters. Like, so you didn't call me to make sure. Well, they said they were on the phone with you. Yeah, brother. Oh, (laughs) God bless it. So like rage mode, like starts to happen. I said, well, clearly I didn't. So the today would be great. Thank you. I'm sleeping on a couch. Um, (laughs) please deliver this mattress. Sleeping outside. (laughs) Oh, well, no, we're not going to make it back out that way until Friday. Oh, brother. This is a company. My mattress is 30 minutes down the road. I looked it up. <laughs> like, I looked up where the company was. What? It's 30 minutes away. Hmm. They would not budge. I had to wait till Friday. That's fantastic. Friday night to get this mattress in my house. Yeah, man. That is just... Uh, dude, I, I can go all night on, on garbage <laughs> like that. Um, just... Have some, have some accountability. Like, why don't, why are these people allowed to not have accountability for what they do for a living? Like, it's amazing to me that that happens. Well, I think it's just, you know, it's a, it's a classic, uh, example of, um, you know, a, a retailer, excuse me, man, I am just all sorts of horse here. Hang on. You don't have your Christmas blend next to you. I just took a sip of it. Oh, good. Yeah. Right. Uh, I think it's just, you know, one of those classic examples of, you know, a retailer has, they, they, they've gotten your money and there you go. Yeah. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. Nah, dude, that sucks, man. I'm sorry. Anyway, not, well, Hey, uh, we got the mattress on Friday. It sleeps very well. That's, that's good. Can, that's is it, a, is it like a Tempur-Pedic? Yeah, it is. Like it's a memory kinda... foam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are yeah. great. We have one of those. So nice. Yeah, dude. So nice. nice. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're, yeah, dude, they are. They're great. <laughs> so we got that at least the weekend before my parents showed up and, and her parents showed up. But, um, but yeah, dude, like that was a whole thing. How was your, uh, your Thanksgiving though was, went well though. Yeah. Thanksgiving was, uh, fantastic. Uh, you know, we do the very, uh, traditional, uh, we, Joanna, neither Joanna or I cook a turkey. Uh, we leave that up to, Either my side of the, I just kicked my desk. Uh, either my side of the, yeah, I know, right, dude. And weekly, I'm smacking something. Uh, dude, where was I? Oh, yeah, we don't, uh, yeah, yeah, we don't, we don't, uh, we don't cook our own turkey. So, uh, we, we went to my parents' house this year, uh, for, uh, the main meal. And then we went and visited her side of the family uh, a little bit later in the day. Uh, they'd already finished eating. So just more of like, you know, Hey, let's hang out and we'll watch a little bit more football and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, it was really good. I mean, just, you know, very traditional standard, you know, uh, baked bird and, uh, the dressing and the potatoes and the hot rolls and all that. And, uh, lots of football. And so it was good, man. It was a good, uh, relaxing day. And, um, yeah, we, uh, the the house the lemmings house is in full yuletide swing beautiful the only thing that we need now is the christmas tree in the living room and it will be completed we're we're debating whether we're going to go real tree again or fake tree i'm getting a lot of flack from my wife because last year's christmas tree is still in my backyard 
Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> the real tree just tossed yes. it back there. Yeah. And, I mean, you it's not light that up, man. Uh, that's what I'm thinking about. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised it didn't light up during a, a Phoenix <laughs> summer. Uh, it, uh, I mean, it's not, I mean, I have a, you know, fairly decent backyard. I mean, it's not like it's, you know, an overgrown weed patch. I mean, we have a grass yard and a nice patio yeah, and yeah, things yeah. like that. But yeah, it's all propped up in the, in the corner. Um, there was like a bird's nest in it for a while. And <laughs> I'm not, I'm not kidding. There was an absolute bird's nest in there. So yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I would like us to go, you know, real tree again. I, I like the smell of a real tree in the house and I love real trees as well, dude. The, uh, the and last story, time we and well, and storing a fake tree is a pain in the keister too. Just trying to find a place to put it. Yeah, that's true. Um, we got, uh, the last, last time we did a tree was a couple of years ago. Um, because we were in the middle of moving and then we were in the apartment last year. Uh, but when we did the real tree, <clears throat> we had to, the, when we took it out at the end of the, you know, at the, at the end of the uh, season and we could put it outside the, the actual, in our HOA, they picked it up. Um, oh, I, I wish I was, would. <laughs> right. As I grab, it was nice. As I grabbed the tree and went to move it outside, I looked down and there's like four spiders just crawling up my arm, like from taking this tree outside. And I had to, Lauren was holding the door open or she was headed to the door to hold it open for me while I took this thing outside. And I'm like, get the door open, get the door open. <laughs> Cause it was a nightmare on two levels. One that I had these spiders on me that I didn't know if would bite me at any second, because that's what I think all insects will do is just, instantly as soon as they see a human they bite you yeah time to bite um, <laughs> and the second thing was is i didn't want to throw it down on the ground in the house because then like i'm unleashing the horde of spiders that are still in the tree back into the home like, wow <laughs> man you had so, a family of spiders living in your tree like, I had to get the thing out of there so yeah as soon as we hit the door like i just tossed it onto the porch yeah <laughs> yeah it was a gross that was a that was a fun night yeah so right. yeah, i don't know what we're gonna do either i know on we had a, but we had, uh, we got to host for the first time kind of ever. Uh, we had the, we had the kind of the room to host. And so, um, I had my parents over and she had her parents over and we, um, got the bird cooked from, uh, uh, a barbecue place that's local here called Rudy's barbecue. And now it wasn't like a, like a barbecue, barbecue flavor kind of Turkey. It was a roasted Turkey, but they do it inside of their, their smokers. So you didn't barbecue it yourself. So it wasn't barbecued myself, no. That's lazy. I know. <laughs> I was yep. under the. I was under the impression. <laughs> says the <laughs> says the guy who doesn't cook a turkey. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was under the impression. I I thought you had uh, grilled it up yourself. You know, I, I might don't even know. I don't try. even know how you. I don't even know how you would grill a turkey. I joked about it on on saucy riffs. You just put the coals yeah. in the grill and set the frozen <laughs> just, bird on top and just the frozen rock bird. Just come back pick four hours later. Hours. And it should be, should be tasty. <laughs> just succulent. Just immediately just <laughs> falling off the just, bone. <laughs> just has all the seasoning on it automatically. Yeah. Like you throw a, you throw it in the package into the grill. Succulent. Let it go for four hours. Tastes like, <laughs> tastes like garbage. <laughs> Is that bur- it's just burnt? Is, is that is that turkey from vacation? Christmas vacation. They start to slice it open, yeah. it just peels apart. This oh makes man! Sense. So we had to do that. We got to travel around and kind of show her parents had never been in Austin, so we got to we got to travel around and kind of show them the sights, and it was really it was awesome, dude. And cool, then man. Um, they left on Saturday, and so I filled up my Saturday with nothing but Christmas movies. 
And so I watched, you know, Vacation. I watched uh, Scrooge. Christmas Vacation. Christmas Vacation. I should clarify. Whenever I think of Vacation, though, I know it's like the Vacation one is the Wally World one. But Vacation to me is always Christmas Vacation. Yeah, that's the best one. Yeah, so then I watched Scrooge. Then I watched Die Hard. So nice, that was dude. my Christmas, Christmas movie lineup. Awesome, man. But yeah, we'll get some, we'll get some decor going here soon. Yeah, man. You need to get that up on, on the, on that new house before December 1st hits. Dude, now, do you guys, uh, do you guys go like, like for, for Joanna and I, th- this goes back to a tradition that, <clears throat> excuse me, that I had, uh, with my family is the, yeah. the Christmas stuff stays up and, you know, past January 1st that it, like it, it, it's, it's up until January 1st and then usually starts coming down like January 2nd because even that week after Christmas to me, it's still Christmas. It's not, yeah. it, it really hasn't ended. You know I mean? It's still the holidays, right? You well, know, I think the, we wish you a Merry yeah. Christmas and a happy yeah. new year. Right? right. So, I mean, it's yeah, all, you get both. Mm-hmm. You totally get both. So, uh, I mean, that's been, you know, our tradition since we've been, uh, married is that, you know, all of our Christmas stuff stays up, excuse me, until the first. Uh, and then yeah. we start taking it down. I don't know. Do you guys do that as well too? Or yeah, ours is like, like the fifth, like yeah. an hour after Christmas is over. You're just ripping <laughs> just that stuff ch- off the house. <laughs> just get the tree out of the house. Right. Get this tree out of here. Like Christmas is over. Yeah. No, it's actually uh, we do like till the fifth. I nice. Think. Yeah. Like, and then we'll start like, you know, kind of de-lousing, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's still the holidays to me. Dude, you know? it's, it's, that's the holiday season, man. Like it's mm-hmm. a season. It's not supposed to be just up until one day. Right. Well, that was supposed to be like the, uh, the 12 days of Christmas is actually after Christmas. It is. Yes. So you just take Christmas day, count to 12. And then that's like the maximum day you would keep your stuff up. That's right. I used to live in a neighborhood where some people thought it was Christmas all year round, but, uh, (laughs) yeah, right. (laughs) Because those lights would just be just drooping off the house (laughs) in August. Yeah. And still on at night. <laughs> <laughs> Why are they cured? Why do they keep turning them on? I think they just were on all the time. Just the timer. Like they just yeah. never unplugged the timer. <laughs> That's funny, man. Good grief. Well, man, um, we have uh, quite a few things to talk about. Um, I'm very excited for the what episode I'm calling Bottom of the Barrel. Um, but let's talk Luke Cage. For a second, because we have briefly, we, briefly, br- Ryan, I got of briefs. I got nothing left in my tank to to go with that. I'm uh. it's a that movie. There were that movie. <laughs> I wish it was a movie. I wish it was just two hours. That um, epic. <laughs> <laughs> this this show. I um, here's the, the it's an anomaly to me um, because I liked and I hated the exact like the exact same amount of things on this show like it was awesome and it was terrible all at the same time and i and i don't so it's like it neutralizes out for me it kind of zeroes out so it's like don't really know where to go from here with it excuse me just becomes a uh, push dude it was just a a final fight to get through that last like it was like a tie uh yeah, man. Uh, you know, it, it, it's, uh, you know, what was it? 13 episodes, 14 episodes, mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. I lost track. 13. 13. Lucky 13. Yeah. It, you know, um, I, I, I think I've said just really about 
all I can say about this this show in previous yeah. episodes. Uh, it it definitely Luke Cage was not the central figure uh, of this show. Uh, it was the uh, rogues gallery of you know Cottonmouth, Diamondback, yeah. Shades, uh, Black Mariah. Um, it it uh, the the final showdown between. Uh, Diamondback and Luke Cage, I thought was uh, unwatchable. I, I don't know who picked the the outfit for Black Diamond. Black Diamond, that's a Kiss song. Black Diamond uh, <laughs> for for Diamondback to wear, but it looked like something that was rejected from Starship Troopers. <laughs> he he looked like a. He, I don't know. Can we say this? We're on a PG show. He looked like a horse's ass. I mean, he looks that's stupid. Right. Yeah, he, he looks stupid. And uh, again, someone, someone teach Michael how to fight. I mean, he just this shoving and throwing uh, and uh, Ryan, all I can say is after 13 episodes of this show, D minus, I mean, just barely, barely getting a D minus. This show was, was, was awful it was awful um yeah a couple redeeming things i loved claire um i looked forward to scenes with claire uh i looked rosario forward to dawson Come yeah on. rosario dawson yeah yeah um and she you know she kept saying i know this really great lawyer i know this really great lawyer and i was like oh please dear god someone get matt murdoch on this show i mean to inject some life right <laughs> he's like no i don't need no lawyer um <laughs> apparently he needs one now because he's back in prison but uh, and then the little thing, you know, at the end with Diamondback and he's going to be augmented now. Um, boy, I got to tell you, I got to tell you, um, no real energy, passion, excitement to see even where Iron Fist takes us. It does not encourage me with Iron Fist at all. I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. These are two characters. They're going to be insanely difficult to keep away from each other. Yeah, they belong together. On their own, they don't work. They don't work in the comic books. They don't work as a TV show. They just don't. They belong together. And uh, yeah. like I said, man, all I can say at this point, D minus. Uh, it it felt like I was just slogging at the very end. Absolute D minus. I will not be revisiting this season one again. There is no reason to. Yeah, I can't. Uh, I can't. I'm kind of. I'm with you, man. Like I. I. Go back and listen to how excited I was before September 30th. We're talking destiny and division <laughs> level excitement from Mr. O'Farrell. I love you, man. I can't talk about those and I, I want to. And I know. I love you, man. Dude, you get so excited over things and <laughs> I know. just crush me. And you know what? I am an eternal optimist and I will stay that way. I'm totally fine with staying that way. Of you like, are, man. You are. Of, of being being uh, proven wrong. And, and I am proven wrong time and time again. Um, but when, I'm, when it's not proving me wrong and it's right, oh man, that feels so good too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I keep chasing this high that never comes back. <laughs> so, uh, but dude, man, I, I was so excited more. I mean, the music... Was and I know I keep harping on that, but I mean the music was still so good through this series. Um, and in fact, um, I think it was a nice marketing marketing ploy, to be honest with you, um, because uh, 
a tribe called Quest ended up releasing their last album, their final album, and that's who directed all the music for the show um, was the guys from a tribe called Quest, um, along with Redman. Redman was in one of the episodes, which is kind of cool. Um, but I just, uh, yeah, man, like it. I'm D minus. That was with that you. was that was Method Man, by the way, not Red. Oh, man. Method Man. Sorry, not Red Man. Method Man. Um, from the, the Wu Tang Clan. For, absolutely. Uh, for life um but i uh, uh just just the just being disappointed from about episode 7 or 8 on it just never picked back up episode 8 like it peaked at episode 7 for me actually at episode 4 it actually peaked at episode 4 for me and then um made a cool moment happen in episode 7 that i really enjoyed and then from episode 8 on uh, could have been wrapped up in about 15 minutes. <laughs> like you could honestly condense that into about 15 minutes. Uh, um, and I'm keeping Misty from being shot. I mean, oh my goodness. Uh, but the, but I think, and that's kind of what I'm seeing with Netflix in, in a lot of ways. Um, I think besides stranger things, which was, I think one of the best Netflix shows, um, out there, um, besides that show, the shows that I've seen on Netflix, they have, I'm not going to say they have a problem, but Netflix produces them for you to binge them. And I think they direct them for you to binge them. And they don't expect you to watch them once a week. They expect you to sit down for two days straight and just absorb all the content. And I felt that as I was watching weekly shows like Westworld, for instance, on HBO, I'm watching that show and I'm watching Walking Dead every week. There are moments in these shows that that happen that keep you wanting the next episode in such a big way that Netflix shows for the most part don't have that because they're expect they they're not cliff they're they're not expecting you to wait for a week to watch it they're expecting you just to watch the next episode so you can just binge through them while it's like one big movie instead of a series of episodes that are complete and that are amazing all in themselves they're just it's supposed to be the big show yeah uh i i agree 100 percent. and um well we're not here to do a full teardown of netflix's uh, no. you know production which, which we could probably spend a lot of time doing so because i i agree 100 percent with where you're coming from i think what makes um and by the way, I hate the internet today. Uh, I thought last night's Walking Dead episode was absolutely fantastic. Um, if I oh, hear what, it. yeah. um, it's it's uh, well, no spoilers, but uh, it's you know it focuses on on Tara and uh, oh, yeah. um, the actress who plays her, uh, Alana Masterson, uh, just got done being pregnant. She 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 has had a baby. And they did a pretty good job of hiding it last season that she was pregnant towards the end of the season. You know, you got a lot of the just the headshots and, you know, like the upper chest shots and shoulders up kind of shoulders up. Yeah. Thank you. Um, That sounded really gross. Just upper chest shots of Tara. (laughs) That's yeah. Good grief. Um, (laughs) I didn't even catch it as you were saying it. (laughs) Jeez. Uh, But um, 
Yeah, so, you know, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, just people today are like, oh my gosh, she's so fat. Just, I just hate the internet today. Um, it's oh, like, wow. You know, okay. it's like the, yeah, the woman just had a baby for, for crying out loud. And, you know, we're also watching a, a show where the dead have come back to life. Can we suspend our disbelief on just about everything, please? But uh, <laughs> to to your point, though, but I thought last night's episode was really great. Uh, to to your point, yeah, you're, you're 100% right that, uh, you know, shows like Walking Dead or Westworld, which I'm still trying to like um game of thrones all, all, all these big you know blockbuster uh you know yeah. shows breaking bad things like that uh i like having the week off uh between episodes of say the walking dead because then i can digest what i've seen um maybe go back and rewatch it because uh, sure, I, I, yeah. I do record it onto my DVR and there are often yeah. times where I'll, I'll watch the episode again. I plan on watching last night's episode again. I thought it was really good. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, with, with Netflix, yeah, they, they definitely, they want you like show after show after show or episode after, after episode. And that's why I specifically with, you know, daredevil season two is like, I am not going to give into that. There mm-hmm. is a lot going on in each and every episode that I'm going to yeah. have to, that I'm going to have to go time out. Maybe I would watch two. Rarely would I ever watch three. I think the most I did was two. Yeah. And with Luke Cage, uh, they gave me no reason to binge watch it. And they gave me no reason to wait between episodes. Yeah. I think, uh, it was the poster child of that problem. Yes. I think, you know, not every show suffers from that on Netflix. Not every show does. And, I'm not and saying a, that's the deal, but it, for the most part, that's what I see in a lot of the series that Netflix produces. And I think Luke Cage just unfortunately was a poster child. Well, and let's be very transparent about the Luke Cage character, okay? Uh, up until modern times, and when I say modern times, I'm talking within like the last eight years, okay? Yeah. Luke Cage was very much a D-level player, okay? Yeah. I mean like D-level. Okay. You had Power Man and Iron Fist. Um, you know, those books would be in production and then it would then then it would stop, uh, and then would come back, and then it would stop, and then would come back. And you know, they would they would show up in Daredevil comics, of course. They would show up in Spider Man. Sure. Uh sometimes, not rare, but sometimes, you know, the Punisher would come across uh one or two of them uh here and there. Yeah. Uh but when it's all said and done, when you just boil it down, Luke Cage was a D-level player. And it, it really wasn't until, I would say, again, like, well, maybe even, you know, 10 years ago, uh, Luke Cage, you know, played a pretty big role in the Marvel Ultimate Alliance video game. And his character yeah. actually ended up being very popular uh, in that game. And, and, you know, they revitalized it and put a little bit more of a modern spin to it. Sure. Still, though, uh, he just he does not work um, as a solo act. And that's why mm-hmm. I feel this should have been Luke Cage and Iron Fist. Uh, 13 episodes uh, with those two together, or if anything, Luke Cage goes eight episodes, Iron Fist goes eight episodes. I don't know. Um, I, I don't really yeah, have much we'll else see. to say. Yeah, I don't really have much else to say about it. Yeah. Very disappointed. Um, reasonables, it was not my intention for this to be a self-fulfilling prophecy. I know I was a little skeptical uh, from the get-go. There was a lot to like. There were episodes that were enjoyable. When it's all said and done, the the bad just outweighed the good, unfortunately, yeah. On, yeah. on this series. And, and Marvel, um, not good. Sorry, guys. Not good. You got a, you got a stinker yeah. in the MCU right now, and I think you got some work to do uh, to, to yeah. patch it up. You know, we'll look forward to... I know Defenders is filming, I believe. Um, I think... Uh, 
Yeah, we'll see. You know, it's kind of a we'll see how thing. And I, I expect defenders to be great. I expect, uh, you know, second season of Jackson Jones to be great. I expect third season Daredevil to be fine. I expect the first season of Punisher to be good. Um, I know, hope so. Uh, you know, they, they only have downhill from there, I guess. They can, I mean, from not from Luke Cage, but just from those characters. Um, there's so much great things that you can do with them. Um, yeah, I just hope that they, uh, I hope they, you know, I hope they pick it up. And with Iron Fist, you know, maybe there's some, you know, like Doctor Strange, which, by the way, I think closed last weekend at six six uh, six hundred sixteen million um, worldwide, the uh, highest solo introduction for a character uh, that the MCU has seen. So, um, yeah, pretty awesome for Doctor Strange. Um, but like Doctor Strange, there's a lot of mysticism to Iron Fist, and they can explore some of that, which would be cool. But uh, who knows? You yeah. know, it's it's hard it's hard to get right. You know, it's like that whole thing where you just get beat up and you like get back up and you're like, okay, I'm really excited for the next one. Or, or maybe, or maybe <laughs> it's, it's tough. It, well, or maybe it's just time to reassess uh, how yeah. much how much content are we going to put out before it, the the product starts to become diluted. And you know, that can be a topic for another for another yeah. show. Um, you know, is it just? Uh, is it too much? Are are we stretching ourselves too thin? It's uh, possible. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Well. Yep. Anyhow. Well, Luke Cage. There you go. D minus. Um. <laughs> but uh, hey, very gracious D minus. By the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. And you're welcome for that. Um. Now, I'm I'm ready for the meat of this. Are you? Let's, yeah. Let's do okay. this, man. All right. Because I I was uh. Kind of excited. I mean, there's some things to. I mean, like I said, doc- I was very excited about Doctor Strange hitting that oh, number. Uh, I think it's great, but uh, sure. very cool for that movie. Um, I thought it was. I thought it was good. I didn't see it a second time. I thought I wanted to see. I wanted to, but you know, uh, family and Thanksgiving and holidays and everything else. Yeah, I I thought about seeing it again in the theater, but um, I'll wait. I'll wait for the home release. Yeah, man, it's yeah. a good movie though. Um, the we spent a whole episode talking about it. Um, yeah, right. we did. So <laughs> <laughs> I think we agreed. We both, we both really we both, liked we, it. And yeah. we both really liked it then too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> things have just dramatically changed in like two weeks. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan, I hate that movie now. <laughs> just, just awful. <laughs> just awful. Um, but we, uh, so a few weeks ago, I think it was episode four. We did our top five comic book movies. Um, which was set in stone forever. Set. Yeah. Set in stone forever. No change in that now. Um, and what a cool, uh, what a, what a fun episode that was to do, um, because it, it required me to kind of go back and, and look up a lot of movies that I hadn't seen in a long time and just go, yes, yes, yeah, you know, and like, kind of like that. So for our 10th episode, which, um, momentous pop the champ, you know, pop the champagne, um, <laughs> the champagne, <laughs> you know, uh, raise your glass to it. Uh, but episode 10, and I'm, pre- I'm very excited for episode 10 just because yeah, I dude, absolutely. one, I barely expected to do a podcast ever, even though I wanted to do it f- for such a long time. Um, and then to make it to 10 full episodes, that's rad. And I'm glad I get to do it with you. Oh, so, yeah, make me go. blush. There it is. But uh, today, instead of doing something awesome and, and that we're both really proud of, we're going to pick on... <laughs> Our bottom five. Oh, I'm proud of this list. <laughs> you should, and I guess you know what we should kind of be. You know what? You're right. Should be proud of the list. Yes. We're not proud of these movies, but proud of our list. No, no, not proud of these movies. <laughs> but the bottom five. Yeah. Uh, worst 
comic book movies that uh in in our opinion in our opinion in our collection mm-hmm. or uh oh yeah. dude none of these movies are in my collection i have not one of them i have i have three of these movies I, I I told you earlier today I can make your five list. I can make your oh, five. I'm sure. Right? Yeah, and and yeah. it's probably super stereotypical. Like, and I'm okay with it only because <laughs> like I'm all right with that. You know, no, it's good, man. Be I'm proud okay of it. with my list. I I have a, a a gosh darn list over here of just all of my honorable mentions that I can't wait to talk about. But yeah, uh, yeah. But so yeah. definitely, I mean, we're going to jump in here, but yeah, I've got, uh, you know, I've got five and I have three dishonorable mentions. Uh, so, um, <laughs> minor, my dishonorable mentions are probably in there too. Yeah. So. Um, and in my dishonorable mentions could have like kept going and going and yeah, going. Well, it's so um, like, there's so many bad. There are. there are. And, and one of, one of my criteria was, um, that, uh, you know, I wanted to stay away from the usual suspects. The usual suspects are, would be like, if I were to do a, if we were to do a top 10, top 15, top 20, the usual suspects would show up in there. Sure. Uh, and I'm using that as a generic term because, well, I'm sure some of yours are the usual suspects. I'm, and I, and, know, and, I, and, I yeah. and I don't mean that in a derogatory way by any means, because they are certainly um, have earned that des- designation as being a bad comic book movie. Um, but yeah, I mean, if we were to expand this out to 10, 15, 20, whatever, uh, dishonorable mentions and in a slathering of others would <laughs> of the quote unquote usual suspects would be in there. And so the criteria for me, uh, when I thought of when I thought of my five was uh, ones that were just so um, wretchedly just off kilter with everything and anything having to do with the source material. Okay. Okay. I can understand that. Yeah. So um, we we started off with you the last time. We're going to start off with you again, man. Okay. Give me your number five, and I'm going to write this down. Okay. Well, you write them down. Um, I am. I yeah, I pinned my number five. When did I pin my number five? I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> no. Um. Oh. About, about three minutes into our. Oh. Phone call. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> I have had this list, and I've had the four up there for forever since we talked about doing this show and then I, I finally picked up my number five and I am changing it right now. Oh dude, that's, to, that's okay. All right. It's so I know, uh, Spider-Man three is my number five. Yeah. I knew that was on your list. Oh, of course. You know, come on. Um, y- you had, uh, one too many bad guys, uh, Venom, which I know Sam Raimi didn't want to do, but he did it anyway. And he had, uh, uh, Bryce Dallas Harper play this version of Gwen Stacy that I don't even know who that is. And then, of course, most famously, the stupid dancing Toby. And I don't like Toby Maguire. I'm sorry, Toby Maguire. I don't. I don't like him. <laughs> He's not my favorite actor. I, I didn't can, like I him as Spider Man. I can see that. Uh, I thought he. I, I didn't like him as Spider Man already, to be honest. Um, but he was. He was kind of the only option, you know. At that point, there wasn't like. Pick your pick your poison of who who you know. I can go watch the Andrew Garfield one, or I can watch this one, or whatever. Tom, Tom Cruise. As I Spider-Man. could go watch. Yeah, uh, the new guy, <laughs> Tom as his uh, Tom as Holland. His, Tom Holland. Yeah. So at the time, it was the only option. But I I never really dug that guy as a Spider Man or as Peter Parker, and to watch him in Spider Man three and do the dance sequence and to watch Gwen Stacy get just stupid and I stupid and I stupid and it's stupid. 
Yeah, it's it is definitely not a good movie. Uh, that that is for sure. Uh, now I, you know, if, if we remember back to our uh, top five, Spider Man Two uh, is in my top five. Yes, it uh, is. Yeah, yeah. Spider. Yeah, and uh, absolutely uh, loved uh, you know his portrayal of Peter Parker and as Spider Man in Spider Man Two. Uh, there's not really much I can add to Spider-Man three there that, that would be anything that you've already said. Definitely too many villains somehow kind of working it around to Sandman was responsible for the death of his parents. Um, you know, that's the only depth that that guy had the entire movie. He's just like, my daughter, my daughter, my My daughter, daughter, my daughter. daughter. Yeah. And and Um, who, who is he? Thomas church. That's what, uh, mm -hmm. is it Thomas? Thomas church. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Losing the name. He is a fantastic actor in everything else that he has done. And it's like Mm -hmm. they gave him four lines to do in this movie. And they're just like, "Eh, just give it a shot. You know, just ad lib for us. Well, in, uh, yeah, you know, like you said, Sam Raimi uh, did not want Venom. Uh, Sony desperately wanted Venom in there. Yeah. Um, That, yeah. (laughs) The moment I saw Topher Grace, I was like, that guy should have been Peter Parker. Yeah, he could have been in Peter Parker. I thought I, I thought he was that. such yeah. a good um, actor yeah. in the in Spider Man Three, and I thought he played the snarky Peter Parker underneath the mask so much better than well, you know the Tobey Maguire ever did. Yeah, um, when it, when it comes to Spider Man, I know Sandman is uh, you know when we talk about the Rogues Gallery, I think Comic Book Man actually last week brought up a really great great question. If you guys don't watch Comic Book Man, by the way, you should. Uh, brought up a great point that, you know, when it comes to the rogues gallery, yeah. uh, they asked the question, who has the better rogues gallery, Batman or Spider-Man? And there was, there was quite the division amongst the mm. comic book man on that show. And I thought that was like, wow, that's a really great question. Uh, when it comes to the Spider-Man rogues gallery, uh, the Sandman has traditionally been a, hmm, you know, for me, uh, kind of, kind of like a clay face on the Batman side where you're like, hmm, okay, that's all right. I guess <laughs> I loved the clay face in the animated series though. Yeah, <laughs> he was okay. Yeah, he was all right. He was cool in the, uh, Arkham, uh, Arkham yeah. city or Arkham yeah. Knight, or, or no Arkham Asylum. He was in Arkham Asylum. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, you know, the Sandman character, I, I, I can go, uh, you know, either way with it. I think what, you know, frustrated me the most about Spider-Man 3 and, and to add it, like you said, you know, the, the, not that Bryce Dallas Howard was a bad casting for Gwen Stacy because, no, uh, she, she's a, she's a great actress. Uh, yeah, she's, I you know, agree. um, she's a, she's a natural, uh, redhead, but Gwen Stacy's blonde and Kirsten Dunst is a natural blonde, but plays a redhead. Mary Jane is supposed <laughs> to be right. redhead. So yeah. yeah, how that works out. I'm not really sure, but, uh, you know, um, I, her casting choice like wasn't bad. It was just, I think really what it comes down to with Spider-Man three is it was bad writing. It was a director who really didn't want to be involved it yep. was uh, Venom is the the pen ultimate Spider-Man villain. Now, some yeah. some some people will disagree and they'll say, well, there's Green Goblin, there's Hobgoblin, there's the Hunter. You know, like, there's yeah, some cra- really good. Yeah, cra- Craven the Hunter. Dude, uh, Craven the Hunter was awesome. But uh, but, but, but Venom, Venom is like the Spider-Man opposite. Yeah. Well, Venom is is uh, every what makes Venom so scary to Spider-Man is he knows literally everything about Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. And he he literally everything because of the symbiote. And so the 
the fact that uh, you know the symbiote chose someone who was of a in Eddie Brock, the original uh, Venom, uh, yeah. was a uh, bigger, muscular man. Uh, and then the symbiote just enhances his already incredible physique and then adds on top of it Spider-Man's ability and then adds on top of it it's the symbiote's own ability. Uh, Venom deserved to be the sole uh, enemy, the sole villain. Of, he really could have carried yeah, it. Yeah, so yeah, he really no, could have carried it. Yeah, man, uh, Spider-Man 3 is a mess. And, and you know, uh, James Franco and, and the, I don't know, whatever version of the Green, Green Goblin, Goblin, Hobgoblin mess yeah Yeah. i'd agree with that like i said like the three villains that were in that movie i just don't understand too much never needed to happen like no no not at all all right man that's a good one it's going to start out okay my number five captain america 1990 yeah i was about to say like 1990 like this is 1990 (laughs) 1990 version (laughs) of captain america this one is you can actually, believe it or not, you can actually find this mess on Blu-ray today. It is available on Blu-ray. You can also wow. find it on, yeah, you can find it on DVD. Uh, there are Laserdisc copies floating around out there. I, I think it is on iTunes. I remember seeing it on iTunes at one time. I don't know if mm. it's still there or not. This one is, I know this one may be a little obscure for a lot of people. Um, if you don't want to spend any money on this, which you should not spend money on this movie, <laughs> you can, in, in, is it, it is rare that I condone this behavior. You can watch it on YouTube in its full <laughs> uploaded glory. Uh, it is there. Just, it's real easy to do. Captain America 1990. Boom. Boom shakalaka. It'll take you right there. This movie is is atrocious in every sense of the word. I don't know if you've had a chance to see it or not. Uh, I don't think I ever did, yeah. actually. I, I, may have, I may have come across it once or twice, but I have never yeah. watched it in my memory of no. like being able to see scenes of this movie. I can't yeah, remember anything it's, about uh, You know, he's wearing like this rubber Captain America suit. Um, <laughs> you know, and it, it was... Uh, I I actually saw it on VHS. I rented it on VHS in the uh, early 90s, like 92, 93. From the movie gallery down the road? Uh, no, from <laughs> Fry's Grocery Stores, where I worked Ooh, and rented videos. There you go. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, it, yeah, it's, uh, this, this is an interesting time for Marvel. Uh, it, you know, DC had had uh, two huge hits with Batman and Batman Returns. Uh, by this point, obviously, they had the Superman movies before that uh, with Christopher Reeve that, uh, you know, at least the first two were extremely uh, box office successful. Yeah. And Marvel desperately was trying to get their characters onto the movie screen and were just in a process of just making just some awful, awful uh, business decisions and Captain America unfortunately was one of them it never saw a theatrical release here in the United States uh, it had a theatrical theatrical release in the United Kingdom it had a budget of 10 million dollars it made ten thousand one hundred and seventy three dollars <laughs> in the theater it didn't make ten thousand it only made ten thousand ten thousand yes uh-huh. <laughs> oh my gosh um, yeah. And so, you know, we're not, I'm not going to go through the plot of this movie, uh, because it is, it's stupid. It is red skull is the primary villain. He looks like a burn victim through most of it. 
he uh, is Italian and, and not German, uh, so they're already tinkering with the source what? material there. Yes, he is. They product. can't even make him German? No, he's a product of fascist Italy. Uh, his name is Tadzio De Santis. Um, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's behind the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr. and President oh, Kennedy and yeah, Robert yeah. Kennedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so anyway, um, like I said, I'm not breaking this movie down. Uh, it, it is number five with a bullet. This movie is really, really bad. And if you want to see the state of where Marvel was at in terms of wanting to get their property and how desperate they were, this is oh, a yeah. great example of, of how not how not to get your product on there. Uh, and it had a very interesting, you know, release. It, it, it never saw the light of day theatrical uh, in the United States. Uh, did go direct to video uh, here, you know, when, which back in the day, man, it went right to VHS. Yeah. Uh, it, it has been remastered, which is, which is really interesting. So uh, if you get it on Blu-ray, it is, it is a remastered high definition version. Oh. So it's, okay. If you want to, you know, watch, you know, poop in 1080p, (laughs) there you go. Uh, Shine that turd. Yeah, right. Happy to oblige. Uh, And it it had an interesting release. It was available on VHS. It was available on Laserdisc. Sure. Uh, Yeah, Laserdisc. Uh, And then it uh, eventually made its way to DVD. And like I said, there's there's a Blu-ray floating around out there. It did have an interesting uh, screening as a part of San Diego Comic Con in 2013. That apparently the audience just loved, and, and I'm sure it was like you know a bunch of hipster the millennials. Ironic. The ironic hipster millennial because this is so bad. It's I'm gonna it's say so it's good. bad. It's good. I have to purchase it. No, uh, no. stay away from it. Bad, like I said, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna leave it at that. I mean, like I'm not breaking down the storyline. It it just it Captain America 1990. That's my number five with an Italian red skull. With an Italian red skull. That's awful. If, if anything, watch the trailer for it. If you don't want to sit through the whole movie, it, and I'm not kidding, it is painful to sit through the whole movie. Uh, I, I have tried several times to watch it again, and I can't make it through it. Just it just, it. I have seen it in its entirety, so I'm not giving it a rating based on a partial viewing. All these movies in my list I have seen from yeah. beginning to end, okay? So this is one that I have had a tremendously difficult time rewatching. Captain America 1990, that's my number five. Your list is is got to be one of the more harsher lists because if you're starting with that, like it's only downhill <laughs> from there. Like you, it starts with the 1990 Captain America, and then I give you my next. Yeah, how how, how great would it have been though if I went like Captain America First Avenger? That was just terrible. No. <laughs> with everyone knowing how much I love those standalone Captain America movies. Yeah. All right, what, what's your number four? Number four is um, I watched it most recently, actually. Uh, number four is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Number two, The Secret of the Ooze. That is my number four. All right. Okay. Um, All right. That, that one I didn't expect to, to see on this list. Really? Oh, well. well hey, I got one on you. There you go. Um, this, uh, the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles um, was awesome. I thought it was great. Um you know, you had the depth of story. You actually had like a good splinter introduction. Like you actually had a good build of character in between who the turtles were, like what they, it was, it was, it was a fun movie. It was at the end of it, there was, um, you know, people were hurt. They used their weapons in the first one. 
you know, they Leonardo uses swords against Shredder, and Donatello uses staff, and then Chuck's Cor- and Corey Feldman is Donatello too, by the way. Corey Feldman is the voice of Donatello. It was that uh, was that the first one yes. only or the, yeah okay. no first one and the third one apparently one. apparently they couldn't come to an agreement for the second one. <sighs> And the third one's not great at all. It's it should be Turtles online. in Time, right? Yeah, that was that was just yeah, just ignorable. Just, I think that's like it can't be. I can't ignore it. In that one movie, I can't ignore. Okay, so um, I'm, I'm going to be very transparent here. I yeah. uh, do not count myself as a Ninja Turtles uh, aficionado. It sure. was it was it the first one or the second one with Ninja Rap? That's the second one. That's the second one. Okay. That's the one where uh, old go ninja, uh, go ninja, ice. go, go ninja, go ninja, go. So they fight. That's when all the fight scenes happen, and the fight scenes are so frustrating. And I think that's what. And I don't know if you know this or not, but the um, MPAA uh, took a look at the first movie and got upset uh, because this was supposed to be a kid-friendly kind of movie. <laughs> which, um, which, which can I add something to that? Which is incredibly ironic because oh, yeah. the the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comic book that is in black and white mm-hmm. is insanely violent. Yeah, sure. It doesn't pull punches like they oh, use. Oh no, weapons. it's full they, decapitations, blood, like dismemberment of limbs. I mean, it is a violent book. And so, yeah, it's and I've I and then to, somehow be, and then yeah. somehow became a kids' cartoon and and became right. you know which was easy to pitch as a kids' mm-hmm. cartoon like fine. oh sure the but the opening I mean okay let's start at the opening sequence everybody in New York apparently only eats pizza a hundred percent of the time and it just <laughs> opens with this pizza montage man I don't even remember this movie that's man. all it opens with is this pizza montage and then um. <laughs> Then it goes to the pizza delivery guy who's the, who's the, the Kano, I think his name is Kano or Kano, Kino, Kino, Kano, whatever I hear, Kano, like Mortal Kombat, Kano, Kano. wins, Kano, <laughs> Johnny Cage, fight. <laughs> Sorry. So, no, it's Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Kano wins flawless victory. I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't even. I can't even segue off of it. Like I just got to go back. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I like it. Um, but it turn. It starts with him. Like after all the pizza, and then of course, like April O'Neil. Order up for April O'Neil. She orders another pizza. Right. And uh, <laughs> like. How does she how does she maintain that figure eating all that pizza? I don't know. Yeah. And it's like it's a joke about her eating pizza again. And then it cuts to him getting on the bike and um hitting on hitting on some hitting on a girl uh about uh and and just like making a pass at her and she goes, In your dreams, buddy. And he goes, Well in my dreams you're thinner (laughs) and then like laughs and like scoots off in his scooter delivering pizzas. Man, I don't remember this movie dude, at all. It was dude. so bad. The first fight sequence is them grabbing um, toys and beating up the Foot Clan. Like, uh, you know, Michelangelo, instead of using the nunchucks on his back, grabs sausages and sl- <laughs> like linked sausages and proceeds to to bonk around. <laughs> God, I can't even Proceeds to bonk around these these bad guys' heads, and it's and the entire <laughs> the entire movie is them not using their weapons because the MPAA told them that they can no longer use weapons, 
They can use environment. They can punch. They can throw. They can't punch very often, but they can throw and they can use the environment to beat the bad guys. And that's if you oh, watch man. the movie and it's on um, Hulu, it's every, I think. It's everywhere. Um, yeah, if it's on Hulu, I think. And you could watch them not fight the entire time throughout this entire movie. And it's just full of puns and just, it's just so frustrating, especially after the first one where you had Casey Jones and you, I mean, you had a, yeah, it's just, you had a story to tell. And the second Mm -hmm. one was just, um, I don't know, let's make some pizza puns and and throw these cats in there. (laughs) And maybe I'm expecting uh, way too much out of that movie. Maybe, but at the same time, after the first one, you expect something. And I just, it was just garbage. Well, you know, like I said, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a huge, uh, T M N T, uh, aficionado. (laughs) Uh, and and that's okay. That's okay. That's not a, that's not a, uh, um, uh, like, Oh, I'm a, I'm, I'm beyond that. Not even in the slightest. No. Uh, you know, I remember the first movie, uh, fairly well. Uh, the, the second one, I, you know, like I said, I was vanilla ice in the first one, the second one. Um, wow. Yeah. Thank yeah. yeah. Thanks for the trip down memory lane on that go one. Ninja, See, go ninja, go ninja, go ninja, go, go ninja, go ninja, go. He had to have come up on the spot because that was the first time he had ever seen the ninjas. And mm-hmm. so that was like his in the moment, like songwriting ability, dude, along you, with the music and dancing. When you can bust out those fresh rhymes, uh, <laughs> at any time, like, like guess, vanilla ice. Camp. I guess when, when that's your job, you know, like, like he, he's good at his job because he can just, you know, I can write music really quickly and play it for this club. Wow. Okay. So TMNT two secret of the use is your number four. Okay. My number four, uh, is the crow city of angels. Ah, yeah. A, a, uh, boy, one that is again, you know, just disdainful for me on wow. on so yeah. many levels uh you know the crow did not make my top five now it made, it, my it, top five. It made your top five it made yeah. one of my honorable mentions again if i were to do like a top 10 the crow would be at, at, at a at a very comfortable number six i, I don't uh yeah, as much as sure. i as, as much as i love the crow love that movie i love the comic uh the original story of the crow pick it up it you that, that it that's a must in every comic book owner's library it has to be there uh it just doesn't have the to crack that top five yeah, for me, yeah. but that's okay. It's definitely in the top 10. The Crow city of angels, uh, is one of those sequels that, uh, I find absolutely distasteful. It, it should never have happened. The, the crow, uh, you know, we all know the story of Brandon Lee dying on the set of the crow. We don't need to revisit that. Sure. Uh, despite that, that tragedy, it, it ended up being a, a modest box office hit. It it got a much bigger following on VHS when it came out on VHS and Laserdisc. And then as it, you know, made its way to, you know, um, premium cable and then streaming and stuff like that. And I, 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 I don't like the crow being called a cult film. I don't believe it's a cult film. Uh, this isn't, you know, the original evil dead that we're talking about here. It, it, it was a, it was a bona fide box office hit. I mean, it wasn't a $100 million hit, but for a rated R movie of that type of film in 19, I think 94, 94, uh, for it to make that type of money in the theater, that that's a hit. 
And so, you know, Miramax found itself in this very interesting dilemma. It's like, well, you know, do we make a sequel? Do we not make a sequel? They decided to go forward with a sequel that has uh, a very thin tie to the first one. Uh, the little girl from the first one is actually in the second one, but she's played by uh, a different actress. I, I believe it's uh, Mia Sara uh, plays her in uh, in the uh, uh, the sequel. Mia Kirshner, excuse me, not Mia Sarah. Mia Kirshner, uh, who who was Sarah, was the the name of the oh, girl okay. in the first one. Um, where to start with this one? It it takes place in Los Angeles. It happens during uh, All Saints Day, which it, you know is around the time of Day of the Dead. the The entire movie has this urine yellow tint to it. It's like everything is just dipped in urine. <laughs> um, it's gross. It looks terrible. Uh, there is nothing remotely interesting about these villains. There, the, there are moments, and again, we're going to keep this a PG-rated show. Uh, there are moments in the movie where it's just highly sexualized in in very violent ways that it doesn't need to be. There's a lot mm-hmm. of S and M. There's a lot of weird bondage. Uh, Iggy Pop is in it, and he's he, <laughs> he just shows up. He well, he plays one of the bad guys. He looks terrible, and it it essentially it's it's very different than you know Eric Draven in that uh, uh, Vincent Perez is who's who's the actor. Uh, he him and his son are murdered, uh, and they come back. You know, the crow brings them back or brings okay. him back. Yeah, uh, a, a year later, you know, playing off of the uh, you know. Uh, the mythology of the, of the crow. And of course he seeks his revenge. Uh, it is a, it is a awful sequel. It is a cash grab sequel. It crashed and burned at the box office. Rightfully. So it crashed and burned on home release and rightfully. So it is one of those sequels that has very quickly been forgotten and just kind of buried. Uh, yeah. And unfortunately had two other just really lousy sequels that followed City of Angels that are equally as terrible. But this one carries a lot more weight to it because of the incredible performance of Brandon Lee and The Crow. Right. The the courage of the studio, of the director and the producers to say, we're going to go forward and finish this movie. And you can tell the yeah. scenes in The Crow that aren't Brandon Lee. And that's okay. But they wanted to complete it out of the love and the respect for Brandon because this that was going to be his big breakout movie. And it just it, it was a it was a big movie. But unfortunately, he wasn't he wasn't here to enjoy it. And so then Miramax follows up or Dimension Pictures, which is was owned by Miramax at the time, uh, you know, comes out with this just atrocious sequel that yeah. uh i really i don't even really like talking about it it, <laughs> it is it, it's it's a distasteful movie from the all the way from the production to the final product it's an unlikable movie i've only seen it in its entirety i want to say twice that's more than enough it it is just it it is my number th- number four the crow city of angels <laughs> yeah oh yeah. uh i think i've seen like the intro sequence to that movie to be honest with you because i thought i wanted to burn an afternoon um and then i found that after watching the title sequence of that movie i found that just staring at nothing in the dark would be much better use of yeah. the time it's um, <laughs> yeah it's i i never watched the full movie i i've seen it um pop up i think 
just like I've, I know I see the cover of it all the time on either streaming services or what have you. Um, but oh, I yeah, they, they still try to push it. They still try to push it. Yeah. Never um, click that play button. And I'm glad I have yeah. it. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> there, there is one thing that I forgot to mention. Uh, there, there was a, a, in 2001, there was a collector's edition that was called the exclusive director's cut. Um, it restored 11 minutes of footage at it. Okay. (laughs) For city of angels. Yeah. So more garbage. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Here's some bad decisions by the director. Dude, that's my number four. That's my number four. And I would say, uh, that is just, again, like I said, that for me, that is one, just when you take that whole package, it's just, it's, it's gross. The, yeah. There, there are very few movies that make me feel gross when I watch it, and that yeah. is one of them. Good I grief. just, I don't, I don't like the way it makes me feel, just because of everything associated with it. And then what they decided to put on on film is just, it's gross. It's just not yeah. good. Ugh. All right, all right, dude. Well, there you go, number four. Yeah, what's your three? Crow City of Angels. Number three. Your three is Crow City of Angels. No, no. Oh, I said oh, your number okay. four is oh, that. okay. Yeah. I'm like, number wow, three. okay, awesome. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> also, John. Um, I don't think we're gonna hit matches on this one. Uh, we, we've we've only barely talked about number one together. My number one together. Okay. Um, but I don't know. Um, number three for me comes as zero surprise to anyone uh, ever. Um, X-Men Origins Wolverine. <laughs> I knew that was going to be on there. <laughs> you could just say that as a blanket statement, honestly. <laughs> you know my list. Um, X-Men, X-Men Origins Wolverine. We beat up the X-Men timeline a couple episodes ago, so I, I don't want to continue to... <laughs> I can't do it anymore. <laughs> like, And that's what... And honestly, like it was so hard to put this on my list only because we talked about it so recently. Um, it was very difficult to put it on my list just because of that. Um, but at the same time, like it, it only belongs on this list for me. Um, just, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, what else can you say that we haven't already said about the yeah. CG, um, <laughs> uh, kerfuffle and the, 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 the CGI metal claws, the, um, the, the bathroom yeah. sequence that was just, yeah, um, oh, just uh, absolutely atrocious when it comes yeah. to CG. Um, Patrick Stewart's face when it came to CG at the end of that movie, uh, the, or the helicopter, just that whole scene was just one yeah. CG grab. There was nothing alive in that room. It was a video game. That. Yeah, it was, it, it was, was a, a video game. It was a video game. The, um, abomination that was Deadpool. Um, that, can, can we even say that that is officially Deadpool? I mean, I know it was Wade Wilson. Well, they, uh, I mean, they named him Deadpool. They, they called him Deadpool. Did they? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. No, I'm going to take your, I'm, I'm, I'm taking your word for it. Yeah. Striker called him Deadpool. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> with his mouth. But, I mean, but just like, I mean, just the, just the utter, uh, uh, uh savagery <laughs> they pulled on characters like Gambit. Um, mm-hmm. that Gambit is one of my favorite X-Men characters always has been X-Men animated series did it for me. Um, where Gambit was this cool Cajun man. Like he was just this cool Cajun and, uh, it worked in the animated series and they could, cause you can get away with a lot, but, uh, animated or this movie, just why, um, the, the best part about origins. And I think, and you've said it before is that intro sequence is great, uh, where it shows him and, and leave Schreiber. And that's my second awesome part of this movie is leave Schreiber. Um, oh, his his saber tooth was outstanding. Saber tooth was spot yes. on. 
Yes. Such a good saber tooth. Mm-hmm. Much better than X-Men 1. Right? Tyler, Where, Tyler Maine, who just stood there growling. He just was this dunderhead. He was Magneto's <laughs> lap dog is yeah, essentially absolutely. what he was. Like just know. this goofball of a character. Um, not an arch enemy in, what's, what, in any way of shape or form. And that's where this movie did differentiate between X-Men 1 and Origins. Where Origins, he um, was the arch enemy. It was awesome. It was it was great to see him in that because he can act too. He's a great actor. Yeah. Well, and you know the the opening montage uh, showing them fighting through yeah, the revolutionary side by side yeah the revolutionary the war years. the civil war World War One World War Two uh, also uh, you know touched upon something that a lot of the other X movies didn't was the insatiable bloodlust of both of them. Yeah. They they, they were ag- both after it. They aggressively were drawn to conflict they, uh, they not not the war yeah. yeah and yeah they sought out bloodshed and and war uh yeah that yeah. that's great um you know it it uh for for me you know i thought of x-men origins and i was like no it it, it, it again these are just our opinions uh, it doesn't fall into a top five for me. So spoiler alert, you're not going to see origins in my sure. top five. Uh, it, if, again, if we were doing a top 15, it would, it would fall below 10. I, it's, there are hmm. still others that are yeah. exponentially, <laughs> in my opinion, is any better. It's just, there are yeah. more worse movies. Exactly. In my opinion, there are other ones that are exponentially more terrible than X-Men Origins. Yeah. Again, I I think anything that we're going to say beyond this point is, you know, just continuing to flail on the on the bones of a dead horse. Yeah. And that we already Um, kind of tore apart a few episodes ago. And and I like I said, I I don't want to do that again. But there are some of those moments where I just have to have to mention Um, there. And as it goes with my list, and I, I didn't preface this the way I did last time. These are the movies that I definitely had the biggest reaction to. And these are movies that, while I mentioned before, like in the preview episode, there are a ton of bad comic book movies out there and a ton of bad superhero movies out there. Um, but these are the ones that I can't ignore, I think is, <laughs> yeah. is the way I put them up there. Sure, sure. So these are the ones that uh, I can ignore a lot of bad movies because I just ignore them. Like they, they don't affect me in whatsoever. But these are the ones that affected me the most, I think. And that's what. Well, yeah. And, and my, my list reflects that as well, too. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. So um, cool. um, yep. your origins, X-Men origins, X- X-Men uh, origins, Wolverine. Wolverine. Okay. My number three, Superman four, the quest <laughs> for peace. Wait, is this the uh, Richard Pryor's? Superman? No, that is Superman three. That's Superman three, okay. which would also be in a top fifteen list. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, su- I have not seen this movie. Um, in well, the, I'm I'm showing I'm showing a little bit of the time. yeah I'm showing a little bit more of the mileage that I have on you with yeah, it with a you know. with a couple of these. Um, but yeah, Superman four: The Quest for Peace, uh, arguably the worst Superman movie of all time. Yeah. Uh, hate to tell you, Internet, it's not Dawn of Justice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> by, by a long shot, but... <laughs> Dawn of Justice was good. Get over yourselves. But Superman 4, The Quest for Peace, uh, is... It, there were so many things that happened in this movie. Um, well, lay it, it on us, man. Well, you know, give me some highlights. Cause well, I, I'm you know, stretching. time doesn't allow for everything with it, but it's essentially what had happened with Superman is it had just kind of passed from production company to production company. And, uh, you know, when you go and you watch the first Superman, um, and it, you'll see, it was just simply called Superman, the movie. Um, again, you have to watch it through a lens of 1977 if you watch it through a lens of 2016 it's going to be stupid don't do that you have to watch it through the lens of 1977 yeah so it doesn't take itself super seriously uh that being said christopher reeve brought this very um 
human, very much that's what's that's who Superman was in that time frame. Was that very confident, very hmm, yes, hmm, polite, you know, shake your yeah. hand. Yes, how are you? You're a lovely lady. You know, um okay. like when like when Lois asks him what color uh, or what color underwear she she's wearing, and this isn't the first Superman, you know, he gets a little embarrassed. He's like, uh, you know, and then he answers her question later. He's like pink uh and that's where you well and that's where you find out that he can't see through lead because she was standing behind a lead um um plant you know like a pottery plant thing whatever gotcha so anyway uh best best thing to store plants in by the way yeah thank you yeah i'm spinning it out uh (laughs) then you get to superman 2 there was there were director issues with that were with that because superman and superman 2 were actually filmed at the same time uh, the studio wanted Superman 2 to be a little bit more light, a little bit more goofy and, you know, have a little bit more hijinks to it. That's why Superman 2 has sort of this weird, like, you know, because you're introduced to General Zod, um, yeah. where at times it's very serious and then it gets kind of like, you know, sticky. And you're yeah. like, what? It's because you're essentially watching two different movies mashed together. Then you get to Superman three and they just go full tilt boogie on the just, you know, cornball uh, with Richard Pryor and the quote unquote evil Superman. Uh, and then you get to uh, Superman four. And by this time, you know, it had gone from like production company, production company. And Christopher Reeve was already burning out on this character. He was unfortunately sure. typecast as Superman for forever in a day after that. Uh, Gene Hackman comes back as Lex Luthor, which you just, I mean, again, how many times can you just have Lex Luthor, the villain of your movie? There has only been two Superman themed movies where Lex Luthor was not involved. That's Superman three and man of steel. It's, it's time to let, even in Dawn of justice, it's time to let Lex just kind of chill off to the side for a little bit. That's a good move. Yeah. Yeah. So this movie, the special effects are are awful. Uh, you know, when you watch the original Superman, again, through the lens of 1977, the tagline of that movie was, you will believe a man can fly. And when you watch it through the lens of special effects of the time, you're like, pretty freaking cool. Yeah, the movie okay? is cool. Yeah. Yeah. By the time we get to Superman 4, it's it's the, the special effects are so bad. The green screen is so apparent. There's clipping on the green screen at times. Uh, the <laughs> the villain isn't even the villain isn't even a comic book villain. He's he's nuclear man. He's made from a, a he's a clone made from a strand of Superman's hair, but uh, created by Lex Luthor. But for some reason, nuclear man has Lex Luthor's voice, but with just more bass to it. Oh, OK. Yeah, well, that makes uh, sense. The, the premise is that Superman decides to be very proactive. He sees the threat of nuclear war. He rounds up all the nuclear weapons uh, around the world and, you know, hurls them into outer space and the most ridiculous looking special effects. Him and Nuclear <laughs> Man, him and Nuclear Man fight each other on the moon. Uh, there's this side story of the Daily Planet is being bought by this tabloid company. It, it, it's just an absolute mess. And you can watch this movie and very evidently tell, you know, Gene Hackman is there for a paycheck. Uh, Christopher Reeve wants <laughs> out. Um, it just it, it is a terrible movie and killed the Superman uh, movie oh, version yeah. for almost 20 years until Until, uh, Superman returns until Superman returns, which didn't really set the world on fire either. Yeah. That was, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, it was, it was a noble attempt. It just, uh, it was a good Superman three. 
You know what I mean? Like it and, was and the, even, it was and, and, essentially supposed to be the the third yeah, movie and, in the and, Richard and, Donner. Uh, yeah, and and even then, it doesn't it doesn't fit right. Um, no, it doesn't. So, I mean, they just no. ham fisted that one square yeah. peg round hole kind of thing. You know, if anything, Superman for the Quest for Peace, it's worth watching. I think just to see how bad a comic book franchise can get. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, hopefully, you know, lessons can be learned across the board with that. But yeah, that's that's my number three, Superman for the Quest for Peace. It is it's a it's it's a very just uh, poor movie. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, to your point, though, I think the lessons uh, seem to be learned. Um, and they're still learning lessons with Superman and how to run DC. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, Hey, at least it's, well, uh, you know, you know at I've, least I've, it's not the final page in the Superman book where we have no. to go, Oh, good grief. No, but, but I'll tell you what was the only thing that came after that, you know? Well, I'll tell you what it, it, it looked, I mean, after that disaster, I mean, and it was a box office, just disaster. I I'm mean, sure. they, they, you, you couldn't give this tickets away to this, <laughs> right? Uh, and, and so it, it, it's very similar to, um, you know, what potentially could have happened with Batman is that it, it could have killed this character yeah. in, in the movie theater, which would have been a travesty. And, and you know, it, I've made it no secret on this show. I, I love man of steel. I think that is one of that. That's just an epically good Superman movie. And I know people are going to argue with me as sure. Zack Snyder and her, her, her and Derpin. Uh, I, I love man of steel. I think that is a great Superman for this age. Just yeah. like I believe Christopher Reeve was a great Superman for, for that age. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, we ended up with the quest for peace as the the final chapter of that era of Superman, and it it killed that character in the movie theater for quite a while, yeah. and, and it made it look, and, and painted a picture that it wouldn't be coming back. Yep. Well, I mean, and for all intents and purposes, like it it uh, almost it you know took so long. I mean, Smallville happened, and then. Well, Tim Burton um, was going to uh, yeah, resurrect it with Nicolas Cage. <laughs> that would have been and, awesome. Oh, brother, can you imagine that? <laughs> oh, I would have loved to have seen that. I want to live yeah. on Earth too, where that movie <laughs> got made. Yeah, and, <laughs> man, I want to. Oh, that. Oh, yeah. What a mess of that movie would be. Well, I, you know, I, I for one, am very, it's very so glad that we. Good. Yeah, I, I for one, very glad that we still have Superman in the movie theater. Man, he, yeah. he belongs. He belongs on the big screen. He's a he's a larger than life character. Agreed. I've made you know no uh, apologies. I I like the Superman character. Character. I enjoy him. And yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he, he definitely belongs on the big screen. But Quest for Peace certainly was doing its best to ensure that he would not return to the big screen. So that's my number three. Cool. Number three. All right. Number two. Man, getting down the list. Here we go. Yeah, number ready? two. We're, al- we're almost there. We're almost home free. Number two for me. Um, Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer. Oh, okay. Besides my number one, which is a very obvious number one, I this, know. I don't know. I, you're surprising me right now with, with your number two. Really? Well, it's on my dishonorable. I'll just spoil it. It's on my dishonorable mention list. That's fine. Yeah. Um, this movie, I mentioned before, like, you it's know, crap. there's movies that I can <laughs> ignore and there's movies that I can't. This is the second most unignorable bad movie um, that's out there. And you can, you can still watch it. I think it's on HBO now. Oh, dude! It's dude. The Fantastic it's, Four. All all three atrocious movies are on HBO constantly, which they keep trying to make happen. Martin Fox, just <sighs> let it go, man. Yeah. Even if Marvel doesn't do anything with it, Fantastic Four is a tough sell. Like it really is. But I mean, it. it anyway, okay, all right, calm down. Uh, Fantastic <laughs> Four. 
I agree. They're, they are a tough sell. Rise of the Silver Surfer. It's a tough sell. They're cool mm-hmm. characters in the comics. Reed mm-hmm. Richards is amazing, but on the big screen, that Reed is a Richards. Tough sell. Reed, and this is this is a no brainer to reasonableness. Reed Richards is a major player in the Marvel universe. Oh, he's everywhere. There, yeah, like there's, said, he's he's Logan's yeah. uh, primary care doctor. You yeah, know? <laughs> yeah. Very very little happens in the Marvel universe that Reed Richards is not aware of. And if they could have mixed, I mean, Fox owned both of those franchises. They could have, they oh, could have mixed, right? you know, right. But they couldn't handle X Men already. They couldn't even handle <laughs> X Men already. I know. <laughs> oh God! All right. Um, back to Rise of the Silver Surfer. Uh, the movie is about hour and hour and a half long. Um, it's a standard ninety minute cut, right? Forty five to sixty minutes of this movie is Jessica Alba crying that mm-hmm. that she doesn't have a wedding yep i want a table the i only have one table in my office right now and i want to flip it i want to flip mm-hmm. it over because that is absurd to make sue storm this just wuss of a character when she's this um, she is an amazing female character um all the way up until the movies like in all the comics and, and she's never this whiny, I want to be married. Like, that's all I want to do. Like who looks up to this person? Like, how can you bill this person as a strong female superhero when all she's doing is crying that her, that her wedding day is going to get messed up and that Reed can't Reed's too focused on his science to, to, to marry me. That's all. Yeah. She, that's all she is in this movie is a stupid trope. Well, and that's that's where Marvel, uh, even in the comics, had taken Sue Storm uh, at this point is they they hypersexualized her in the books uh, around this time as well, too. They gave her a new outfit where she was showing much more. She was showing more cleavage. She was showing more leg. And there was a, there was a big outcry among, uh, you know, Fantastic Four loyalists. Man, you talk about a loyal <laughs> Dude, there are people who will, you know, they'll they'll get bloody knuckles with you over the Fantastic Four, and um, yeah, so Stanley original, like Mm -hmm. Jack Kirby helped write, like it was, it's back in the, you know, it was it was one of the first. It's a a cornerstone of Marvel. Yeah, it's it's a cornerstone. Absolutely, Mm -hmm. it's It's like taking it's like taking Superman away from DC. Yeah. It doesn't work, right? I Taking the Fantastic Four away from Marvel doesn't work. You know, I think what, what really kills me the most about Silver Surfer, and again, that's one of my dishonorable mentions, and we can just kind of cover what I would say about it right now, uh, is the insane amount of product placement in that movie. Uh, there's Burger King, there's Mountain Dew, the the Fantastic Four car has, you know, I think even Reed says at one point, uh, and it has a Hemi uh, with a Dodge logo yeah. on there. It's an insulting movie, and uh, you know Galactus is portrayed as a big, you know, black space cloud. Um, you know the Silver Surfer, um, Lawrence Fishburne know, does the voice, Lawrence, and you know he his voice brings some yeah, nobility to that character. But I it, really enjoyed the Silver Surfer parts, and there was like, but I there did. was there was no reason to have that character in this movie. No, it just <laughs> Rise of the Silver Surfer, and then you don't. Then there was no Fantastic Four three. To see where the Silver Surfer. Well, it's goes such a big that. space epic. Like that's when the rise of the Silver Surfer happens. Like you know, that's when you see a lot of the Phoenix storyline come in from X Men. Mm-hmm. Like yep. those two stories just hug each other in a big old bear hug, and they are awesome together in the comics. They and, really are. And the Silver Surfer, uh, it's always kind of tough to do this because you're like, well, you know, who in Marvel is the equivalent of Superman, and who in DC would be yeah. the equivalent yeah, yeah, of yeah. like say the Hulk, right? Yeah. 
Uh, and it's easy to say, well, Hulk and Superman. Well, yes, kind of. Yes no. no. Yeah. I still think if they fight Hulk, you know, Superman picks up Hulk, throws him into the sun, fights over. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, but the Silver Surfer uh, with the power cosmic is one of the most powerful characters in the Marvel Universe. And, and then enhanced by Galactus to go out. Yeah, this is the Herald of Galactus, yeah. So, yeah, dude, no, good call on that one, man. That That is, again, it's on my dishonorable mention list. Um, it, that That's a brutal, brutal movie to sit through. Chris Evans, The Human Torch, barely recognizable as Steve Rogers. You're like, wow, you watch, right? Yeah, you watch anything from Chris Evans before... Before Captain America, not another teen movie. One of his funniest movies yeah, ever. Been. Yeah, not he played. He played in that. He played <laughs> uh, obviously the Johnny uh, <laughs> um, Johnny Storm, Johnny Storm, and and Fantastic Four, which is is pretty hilarious. Um, and he's he's good as that character. He's, he's smarmy, so and yeah. he's like this mm-hmm. got this like jerk face about him. He's kind of a tool. Like yeah, he plays that character super well, and then he walks up to Captain America role and just knocks it. Noble, park. honorable, loyal, like, stubborn. Dude does, dude's a. Uh, yeah. uh, I didn't Chris Evans is a good actor. He's a good actor. He's, he's a good actor. A good actor. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I thought uh, watching like seeing him in those old trailers, like watching the trailer for Not Another Teen Movie, and then realizing that that's Captain America. Yeah, Joanne and I just Joanne and I just watched that the other night on HBO. That movie <laughs> cracks me up every time. I love that movie. I love that movie. Oh, man. All right, so you've got Fantastic Four: Rise of the Silver yeah. Surfer number two. Poor okay, my. Very similar to our top five, my number one and number two were like, I look at these two movies and I go, okay, <laughs> which one of you two suckas uh, just anger me the most? Yeah. So <laughs> my number two, and this is set in stone, will never be changed. My number two, Catwoman at number oh. two. Um, yeah. yeah. This is a movie that, you know, had some pretty... I'm going to I'm going to give us I'm going to give it a little bit of props. OK, um, it, it had a an interesting ambition to it. And I appreciate that in that kind of explaining, giving Catwoman this sort of mystical, mythical origin to her that re- relates back to, you okay. know, the the cats of Egypt and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I can appreciate that somewhat. Sure. Uh, doesn't doesn't really jive with who the Catwoman character is, but you know, okay, right. uh, it is a shared universe with the Tim Burton Batman. A lot of people don't realize this. It is a shared universe with the Tim Burton Batman Returns because when Sharon Stone is showing pictures of Halle Berry of of the Catwoman of the past, you see a picture of Michelle Pfeiffer as Selena Kyle. Huh. It is a shared universe. So Catwoman does exist. In the same world as Batman Returns and and acknowledges that the reason why Selena Kyle goes from being mouse, no pun intended, mousy secretary assistant to Max Shrek to being, you know, butt kicking Miss Karate is that when she falls through the tarps and lands on the ground and when the cats surround her, they they imbue her with this Catwoman um, mystique, this energy thing. 
Yeah. Okay. So it is a shared universe. One of one of the earliest examples of a of a shared universe. Interesting. Yeah, and that's where that's where all the good stops. Uh, it it <laughs> just it stops. Um, you know, I I appreciate that what they wanted to do with this is, you know, all the action is CG oriented. There is no live action. It is all computer generated. Yeah. It looks that way. It looks. Yeah. It's overly quick. It's overly fast. It's overly choppy. Halle Berry is just how does this woman win a best actress award i i still have not figured that out for her role in in was it not monster was it monster uh i think it was well monster she was played, charlie's theron I Char- but yeah okay yeah that's right um uh where she played uh the wife of billy bob thornton in some movie dude um, i'm the, not too sure yeah, she did. I, she I did. lost track of Halle Berry a long yeah, time ago. Yeah, she 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 has an Oscar award to her name. I don't I don't know how she got it. Uh, she's not a good actress. I'm sorry. She's she's a very beautiful woman, but she's just she's not a she's not a good actress. And it, and it shows in this movie. Yeah. And the the Catwoman costume is is Catwoman already is a is a sexy character to begin with. Yeah. And and no, yeah. <laughs> and and let's just call it as we see it. I mean, Selena Kyle is sexy, and Michelle Pfeiffer looked good in the vinyl Catwoman costume in Batman returns there's no question michelle pfeiffer uh, and, is a foxy lady she is a gorgeous woman uh and anne hathaway in the reimagined absolutely yeah. hello no argument there right yeah. the, but the 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 costume with the with the rips and the tears and the ears and uh there's a scene where she plays basketball and she's like jumping all <laughs> over the court and she's climbing up walls she even hisses at one point and I remember it just, that I remember her yeah hissing at and some point. and it's just you couldn't have gotten a character more wrong now if you wanted to spice up that character a little bit and and say well there's this mystical energy behind it that, that gives her sort of this metahuman um, ability. Sure. I, hey, I'm I'm fine with that. We All don't right. have to be page for page in the with the comics. Yeah. In order for it to be uh, good, there's been enough deviation in live action from comics that we can say, okay, we we can work with that. And and, and yeah. it's not it's not like you know you know Spider Man instead of using cartridges, you know it, it shoots out of his out of his wrists like a real spider. Okay, yeah, I wasn't going to get a you know All I was right. going to lose. Yeah, I was going to yeah yeah I'm not going to lose my bananas over that. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, in you yeah. know Sharon Stone is is the villain, and she's trying to chew the scenery and just be this over the top villain, and it doesn't work. Uh, it's just it it is. Some people will say it's the worst comic book movie of all time. It's definitely my number two. Yeah, uh, it just uh, it, again it's sort of this cash grab. DC, like, how do we get someone something other than Batman, something other than Superman into the theaters? Who else can we make money on? And then it's funny because it was rumored for a while that there was going to be a standalone Catwoman movie with Michelle Pfeiffer yeah. that w- that would have been a a sort of follow up to Batman Returns with a cameo of of with Michael Keaton as Batman in the movie. Now he wouldn't be a major player yeah. in the movie, but it's tough to it, and then that's the thing too with Catwoman. It, it's tough to have Catwoman without Batman. Even in Catwoman's solo books, which are very good by the way, for yeah. DC, very good. Her, her, her new 52 incarnation I really liked. Yeah. Yeah. She Batman was, was awesome. still yeah. Batman cast a huge shadow over her book and rightfully so because they are they are so intertwined with each other. I mean, yeah. they're lovers, they're enemies, they're frenemies, they're partners. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah they, they're and so, temporary teammates and like, mm-hmm, you know. They're, they're everything. Are they in love? Are they not in love? Are they yeah. just, you know. Well, that's and the cool so, part about Catwoman is that you have a character who will, I mean, she honestly aligns herself with how she can benefit herself. Yes. Um, and sometimes that is on the side of Batman is that is on the side of quote unquote good. Um, and sometimes it's, uh, you know, stealing, stealing your pocket watch. Uh, and, so, and one of the few, yeah. yeah, one of the few criminals that Batman just turns a blind eye to and doesn't does. really do any, doesn't do anything to really stop her. She's not a, she was never, well, it's hard to say this cause she was, she was portrayed as, um, at some point, but, um, never like a, um, super harsh murderous villain. Uh, no, no, she so, doesn't kill. She doesn't kill. She doesn't, uh, she doesn't have a problem with it. But she, she will, but yeah, she she's will, not a murderer. She, she's not she a murderer. Run around yeah. shooting people. So no. I think yeah. Batman, you know that, and uh, you know, share a smooch occasionally. I can turn a blind eye to stealing, you know, uh, money out of the vault. And so to have a Catwoman movie with literally no reference to Batman and in any sort of yeah, uh, yeah. So anyway, that that's my number two is Catwoman. I I'm with you on that. I um that's uh, I love that you hated that movie so much. Uh, that was one of those movies I could ignore. Um, but, uh, equally just as we're talking about it, I, I'm right there with you. I hate it just as much. <laughs> like it's, yeah, it it's, goes in the same dumpster as of this entire list. Um, yeah, it's, but, it's, uh, it, it's a, it's a one and done. There's yeah. really no reason to ever see that movie again. If your list it, allows me to yeah. kind of have a second bottom five. <laughs> yeah. So I enjoy yeah, that. And, and yeah. And there's, <laughs> there's just really, it's like when you go back and you, and you try to think about this movie, it's like, well, there's yeah. Yeah. So there you no. go. Well, uh, to top it off for me. So number one. Cat, yeah, number one for me. Um, and again, no surprise to anyone here. Batman and Robin. My number one as well, too. Yes! Oh, I'm so happy we didn't talk about this at all. Uh, the last top five we did, we talked about our best mo- our number one, and was together. The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight. And it's so the happy. best comic book movie of all time. Yes, and I'm so happy that our number ones align again because we didn't even talk about this list together at all. Yeah, and you know, time doesn't allow us for. <laughs> I think you and I need to dedicate an entire show to Batman I would and love Robin. To rewatch yeah. this completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and do a show. We should. Um, we should. We should. Yeah. No, this this is my number one as well too. Is is Batman and Robin and and I I really like I said this is one I thought long and hard of with my one and two. Yeah. Um, and and uh, this one is my number one. It will stay there forever. I I truly yeah. believed this movie was the death of bat of a big screen Batman. The Warner was, Brothers Warner yeah. Brothers did everything they could possibly do to ensure that this that a big screen Batman was done. Yeah, it was would never happen again. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it, gosh, and it angers me. Bottom. It angers me to this day to watch it. I, I will get visibly <laughs> angry and uncomfortable watching this movie. When you watch it, I want you to tape yourself watching this movie <laughs> like Shia LaBeouf did. <laughs> like when he taped himself watching all of his movies. <laughs> I'd love to see that. That's the movie I, I want to watch is you watching this movie. Yeah. No, but I'm, I'm with you, man. Like what a disaster. Um, of a plot, what a disaster of a pun! Uh, it took. Oh my god, the Batman writing for, is the, the writing. The, you had Batman Forever, which is not a great uh, Batman movie by any stretch of the imagination. But it 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 told you where it was going. It made it had no seal in it. You know. Okay. Can, yeah. 
That was a good song. You know, I will say that, you know, dude, I I watched Batman Forever, uh, the second half of it the other day. It's again, because it's owned by Warner Brothers and Warner Brothers or Time Warner owns HBO. You get the you get these movies. Batman versus Superman just debuted on HBO over the weekend. So, yeah, yeah, all all these DC related properties you're going to get on HBO at some point. Nice. but, uh, you know, I, I watched the second half of Batman Forever the other day, and um, uh, I, I have grown to hate that. Uh, uh, Tommy Lee Jones is Two-Face is just, oh, my. There are so many, like, good. Okay, like, I'm not going there. I'm, we're, yeah. I'm not going there with <laughs> Batman Forever. But I, I love the ending shot of Batman Forever because it's very iconic, and, it, and it's a throwback to the books where, uh, you know, I'm a U2 fan, um, and they've got this song there called uh, Kiss Me, Kill Me, and it's yeah. a great U2 song. And the movie ends with that song, and Batman and Robin, they come running in from the side That's right, to, yeah. with, the, with the bat signal, uh, and they're running towards the camera. And yeah. I love that imagery. Their capes behind yeah. them are, are flowing. Robin yeah. has his new armor on. You don't really see their outlook or anything, it's but it's just... Yeah. You just see these silhouettes and a little bit cheesy. Yeah. But you're just like, that's freaking cool. And in that particular yeah. song playing, it's just like very cool. Very gave, gave it that, you know, very cool Batman feel to it. Um, and then they followed up with Batman and Robin. And there again, dude, the, the list is endless. And, and that's why I don't want to beat it up too much tonight because we need to do an entire Love Batman and Robin episode, but everything from the puns, to uh you know robin yelling uh, bomb um uh the the uh uh robin yelling cowabunga on a uh piece of the rocket that batman was tied to that mr freeze tied into oh yeah yeah. um it takes yeah the ice skates the the batman credit card the nipples the the, the the cod piece the nipples um you know alicia silverstone as as batgirl um it, it just it really there, there's only one redeeming thing happening in that entire movie and and that's alfred the yeah, the, yeah. i like the storyline with alfred where he's sick um but mr freeze poorly miscast it has an open jab at Jurassic Park the Lost World because those two movies actually opened up within weeks of each other. Yeah. Um and when Mr. Free goes, What killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age You know, and he freezes the uh <laughs> yeah. that was an that was an open it was an open dig at Jurassic Park the Lost World, which by the way kicked Batman and Robin's ass in yeah. the movie theater. Yeah, I mean just decimated it. Um yeah dude this is a movie that um you know, you know how much I love Batman. Uh, I do. Batman is a is um he's a near and dear character to me, and and I love Batman so much that I can even watch the Adam West Batman TV show, and I can have a good cool. time, and yeah, I can have sure. fun watching it. Um, this is a movie that um I remember seeing in the theater with Joanna. We weren't married at the time. And I am just, I'm sitting there watching this movie and I kept thinking, this has to get better. This has to get better. <laughs> I need this to get better. I need this to get better. The best and part about it, that was the opening sequence because it was all downhill from the opening sequence. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and, and when it was over, I was just like, they, they, they did it. They yeah. killed, they've killed this what started out so amazing with, you know, Batman and then Batman Returns, which is a great sequel. They've, they've killed it. 
Yeah. They've killed it. And they did. It was, it was, it was done. It was a giant toy commercial. Uh, it, yeah, it, 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 uh, George Clooney could not play Bruce Wayne and Batman separately to save his life. I could go on and on, man. I I feel like I'm hogging on this right here. No, it's okay. I mean, it's, uh, it's something I know would, we really want to dive into a lot later. So yeah, we um, need to do an entire Batman and Robin. We are for sure. It's on the docket. Um, but I love that our number ones are aligned. I think that is, that is beautiful. Um, uh, but, uh, but yeah, this movie was, uh, I remember seeing it as a kid and that's, um, what, when did this movie come out? 90, uh, 93, 94, somewhere around there. Wasn't that early? Yeah. That was like 96. No, um, better not be. I'll look it up. Keep talking. I'll, yeah, I'll anyway. research. Uh, yeah, I thought it was like 96. Um, but the, just the 90, uh, 97, 97. Hey, 97. Um, I remember seeing it as a kid and not and leaving the theater, not, just like, just whatever's like, it didn't like as a kid, it didn't affect me, I think, because it wasn't, it just, I remember not feeling like this movie was awesome. Like it was an awesome Batman movie. I had a better time as a kid in the theater with Batman forever. Um, but me, cause you had Jim Carrey up front, which, you know, <laughs> you know, I just watched Ace Ventura 1700 times oh, as a man. kid. So of course I'm a fan of him at the time. Like, and I still am like that. Those movies are funny. Um, but the yeah, I, I like Jim Carrey too, but I I hate him in Batman Forever. Well, sure, I, just, I mean, oh my god! Like now that I watch it, it's absurd. But with Batman yeah. Forever, like you, it's it just took the absurdity up to eleven. Um, they stopped caring. They were tr- it's like they were trying to recreate the Adam West Batman. Um, oh yeah, while because it had it had, it had sound effects in there like whoop yep, whoop and, had, and, and you know the, the punch and the pow noises. Yep the the bowling pin noises when bad guys would get knocked over in a group. You heard a bowling pin noise. Um, yeah. Uh, the mist, everything about Mr. Freeze was just wrong, especially um, coming off the heels. And I'm going to talk about it a lot. I do. But Batman, the animated series, the that episode um, was Emmy nominated. Uh, the Mr. Freeze episode. Well, the, the Mr. Freeze character is the classic example of the tragic villain. Yeah. He's uh, he, perfect. He, yeah. He's not out to like steal money. And cause he's to try to havoc. bring his wife back. He's trying to save his wife. And and if you've played uh, uh, Arkham City, Batman Arkham City, yeah. Oh my gosh. That yeah. Oh, that the the Mr. Freeze parts of that game are man, they they tug at your heart. Yeah. And yeah, and, and like you said, that that animated episode uh, was is, was Emmy nominated, right? Such a and, good episode. Like and, everything and he, about that episode is good. And then you get this live action version where he's like, I'm Mr. White Christmas. I'm Mr. Snow, you know, like, and just Arnold like Schwarzenegger over the top. And what, by the way, here, here, the heels of, of what? Probably um, true lies uh, <laughs> or the no, the um, last the, action hero, last action hero, the Christmas movie. Oh, Jingle All the Way. Jingle, Jingle All the Way. Way. That's uh, the, the same character plays. Yeah, Mr. yeah, yeah. Freeze. Uh, you know, it's something interesting too. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger only had 20 days of filming and was the highest paid person on that. Not on surprising that, uh, at all. Like yeah, the right, dude was a right. 90s action star. Like he well, was expensive. Well, by, by the time 97 rolled around, he, he had flopped with uh, Last Action Hero. Yeah. Uh, jing- jingle all the way was was you know the I, I think bad movie like what are you gonna do well jingle I think jingle all the way has over time has kind of become sort of this guilty pleasure Christmas yeah. movie I I can watch today and, it, and it's goofy and, it, and it's funny yeah 
despite Arnold Schwarzenegger, I mean, Phil Hartman is great in it. Sinbad oh, yeah. is funny in it. Anakin Skywalker is in it. Uh, so Jake Lloyd, <laughs> the kid yeah. who played oh, Anakin that's Skywalker. Right. Yeah, Jake yeah. Lloyd. Um, but, uh, but, but I mean, he did have, you know, true lies, which kind of, you know, helped revive his career. And then all of a sudden Arnold became the sort of the, Oh, we remember Arnold. And it, and it should be noted that after Batman and Robin, his career didn't, did not recover politics right after it did, Yeah. He went to politics and, and, uh, actually, well, I think he did Terminator three. Oh, that's right. Uh, and, Resident- yeah. Was Terminator three before the governor or after, after the, governor? the governor? Was it after the governor? Anyway, the point, being, yeah, the point being, point being horribly, yeah, horribly, yeah, horribly miscast, and it, it, uh, you know, just, uh, yeah, you know, Uma Thurman, uh, you know, she had the look of Poison Ivy, and and uh, they just I, gave her I'm, lines that no one can yeah, read. Like, and I'm one of I'm one of those people who find Uma Thurman's look very very interesting. I know she's not your uh, typical, um, you know, Hollywood like bombshell type of looking actress, but she has a very interesting look to her that, that I find, I think she's you know, pretty. Like, I mean, yeah, that, wor- yeah. that works very well, but it doesn't work in a movie like this. It works in something like Pulp Fiction, but it doesn't work in, uh, you know, Batman and Robin where she's just vamping it up and the cheesy one liners. Yeah. I thought I would turn over a new leaf. Uh, uh yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, dude, Batman and Robin. And, and like I said, the reason why I put the, the way my list is, is because these are movies that are, are all characters that, that I, that I enjoy, you know, yeah. Captain America. Uh, I don't call him the crow, Eric Draven, uh, Superman, Catwoman, yeah. Batman, Robin. Th- these, these five movies could not be any farther away than the source material. You can deviate yeah. from the source material and still be very, very good. The yeah. Walking Dead is a great example yeah. of that. You can deviate, but man, there you are just these, work. there are these core blueprint, just mechanics you have to remain You can't rewrite loyalty. a character's origin story. Yeah. Like yeah, you just right. can't do it. Okay, dude. So for time's sake, we're a little long. Give me a couple of your dishonorable mentions. All right, I'll just fly through them. Um, let's see, from the bottom to the top, I have uh, X-Men 3 is an honorable mention for me. Um, dishonorable mention. Well, I'm sorry, dishonorable mention. <laughs> uh, I'll just I have like a bunch written down. Daredevil, Elektra, um, yeah, Ghost. Uh, I wrote Ghost Rider down. I that's a guilty pleasure for me though. If I'm which being, one? Uh, the first one. Okay. Super guilty pleasure, just as. Um, but it's terrible. Green Lantern, Jonah Hex, and the Hulk. Angley. Okay. Okay. No, th- th- those are all good. And none of them make my dishonorable mention. All of them would be in a top 20 list though. That is for sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I just, I went with three dishonorable mentions sure. that just kind of came to my head right away. Number one, the Phantom with Billy Zane. <laughs> that was all right. I heard written down and then down, but I didn't yeah. do anything with it. Like him <laughs> running around in them pink, purple oh tights in the jungle. <laughs> the Phantom. Billy Zane. Just, I remember seeing yeah, that in right? the theater with my mom. Like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> does not he does and he's pink purple tights it running around in the so jungle bad. he could not stick out more of like a sore thumb oh, um so bad he, yeah here's no, one that so bad anyway go all right sorry. here's another one that a lot of people aren't gonna well i don't want to say a lot of people some of you may not know a movie called tank girl yeah uh, oh, i remember that yeah i never oh, saw it but i remember it brother yeah just I, a, I can't just a bad movie just it, it, it just yeah it, it just yeah ice <laughs> tea is like this kangaroo man i mean it's just, just a bad movie which again, the the comic is an it's a, if, if for those reasonable it's a listeners, wacky, it's a wacky it, thing. It's a wacky book. Um, it's it's an independent book called Tank Girl. It takes place in you know a post apocalyptic future where yeah. water is essentially the currency. Water, purified clean water, is the currency. Sure. 
and uh, Tank Girl, uh, essentially, she is, is what, what the book, she doesn't have any superpowers. She just goes about this wasteland in a tank. Yeah. And there is this race of kangaroo mutant men that work well in the comics, but look stupid in live action. Yeah. Uh, and if anything that it had going for it, it, it was the first uh, comic book movie um, that had an openly lesbian bisexual character in Tank Girl. So okay. you got to give a little bit of props for being somewhat, you know, progressively forward, I guess. Uh, and then another one would be Fantastic Four Rides of the Silver Surfer. That's oh, that's nice. a dishonorable mention. Yeah. But, yeah. dude, you know, I definitely I could put X-Men 3 in there uh, in in others. But uh, yeah, X-Men so 3 was my number. It's my number six. It was, That got traded out um, on the fly with Superman 3, which I'm glad and, it and, did, to be honest. But. Well, and the reason why Tank Girl didn't make my top five because Tank Girl is it's, an abys- it's an abysmal movie. It's, it's okay, if yeah. you if you, and I have sat through this, if if you can sit through Tank Girl, uh, then you deserve a, a Christmas blend, courtesy of me. Um, <laughs> but the reason why it dropped out of my top five is I have no attachment to the Tank Girl character whatsoever yeah. i mean so like i, I said, can't those say are, those are ignorable yeah. for me like i can ignore those yeah. movies and move on with my life and it, 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 she, it, it, just as equally terrible if we did a top 20 tank girl is in the top 20 but sure. she doesn't make the top five because i'm like oh how dare you screw with the tank girl character i don't mm. know enough about the tank girl character to get that upset yeah. i just look at it and say you know that was that was rubbish yeah so yeah there we go yeah. dude that good list man yeah, dude, I'm I am still blown away. I love the fact that our number ones line up. I just uh, oh, of course it would, dude. I figured I figured our number ones would be the same. Nice. Yeah, well, man. Uh, yeah. Well, um, man, get us your list. Uh, you've heard our list. We'd love to hear yours. We um, almost went two hours on you, folks. <laughs> hey, you know, if you'll listen, we'll keep talking. Um, but yeah, we uh, we um, oh, good grief. Um. That's our list. Make sure you get us yours. Uh, we want to hear what kind of your thoughts are on your bottom five, um, you know, or bottom two or bottom one or whatever, uh, what you think on that. Um, but, uh, but there you go. Um, man, 2017 is fast approaching. Um, I am very excited about uh, the future of Shut Up Dog. I'm very excited about the future of Reasonable as well as Saucy Riffs. Um, we have some things that we've been, uh, planning for our next year's kind of line and what we're going to be doing with these shows and what we're going to do with this program moving forward. Um, and they will be coming down the same pipeline you hear our voices on, but, um, I know that we are excited to continue this, um, continue these podcasts, continue these shows, um, as well as, uh, create and look for others that are <laughs> that that you are excited to listen to and maybe you're even excited to create so um but we we're excited about this next year this coming up 2017 it's fast approaching um and i know it's it's uh it's potentially and i say potentially but i really believe this is going to be a great year for shut up dog well, we we've already we got some uh, really great news today. Both uh, Saucy right. Riffs and Tasty Licks and Reasonable Fanboys are now available on Stitcher, yeah. which uh, is you know when you when you talk about the big podcast catching uh, services out there for a lot of folks, you know their first thought is iTunes. Um, others uh, use a, a really great um, application called Stitcher, and we're very proud to say both shows starting today will now be available through Stitcher. Yeah. Uh, we, 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 we do not promote one podcast catcher over the other. We want to be on all of them, not just yeah. 
not just a handful. So we're, we're very proud to say that right now you can find us on SoundCloud. You can find us through iTunes. You can now find us through Stitcher. You can find us on Overcast. If you use the podcast application on your Xbox One, you will find us there Look at that. as well, too. So we're excited for that. Uh, we're looking at a couple of others as well. Uh, we want as many people who can listen to this show as possible. And we understand that not everybody uses an iPhone or an iPad. And yeah. podcasts are listened to on mobile devices. And so we're super excited that, uh, you know, for folks who may not be on those devices can now find us on an avenue uh through stitcher so we're we're very excited to be partners with stitcher radio yeah very excited um cool well um i mean man i wish i had more news i don't have any more news i don't have any more news either man that was a good episode i, yeah. I love breaking that down um batman and robin we will man i'm looking forward to that episode probably will be, be awesome. after the once once the new year starts yeah, but, i think uh, so this is, there's gonna be um various shows through this month i mean through the next month obviously with Christmas yeah. happening and family and New Year's and all the holiday we're just, seasons. We're, we're, we're just letting you guys know that there will be a full Batman and Robin teardown. Oh, yeah. Coming from uh, reasonable fanboys. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, man. I, I, think, I think that's all I got in the tank, my friend. I'm with you. Well, this has been Reasonable Fanboys. My name is Ryan. I am John. I hope you have a great rest of your night. <laughs>